I think uh, music's come to me at strangest of times, the strangest of places, which is so, which is why so many times, you know, I always keep my phone in proximity, and uh, every time I, a tune comes in my head, I immediately take it out and I start singing to my phone very strangely, <laughs> which has also made a lot of people concerned around me. Uh, my name is Tushar Lal. I'm a composer and a producer. I, I am also heavily into arrangement and right now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to recontextualize Indian classical instruments so that they become more appealing to people who are my age and you know I'm trying to bridge the gap so that they can understand uh, the school of thought better. And uh, I think Indian classical music for a lot of people who are in their early 20s it's painted in a very a uh, boring light and they think it's very regimental and strict but uh, I kind of want to break down those barriers by um, showing them that if a sitar is capable of playing a ragmalhar it's also capable of playing something like Star Wars. As far as I remember music's always been around since I was a kid so I, I don't really I, I think I can't trace it so far back where I can tell you that you know this is when I started music and it wasn't really a choice you know it's kind of the only uh, way that I saw I wasn't making any choices it was it was just like a thing which was always there around me and I started uh, playing I started playing a toy keyboard I think when I was three or four and then um, I mean, my, my keyboard started getting bigger and then I started learning software, I started learning production, then slowly I got into composition. Uh, I think I got into composition when I was 14 or 15 and then like, that really started becoming a surreal experience for me because it's a very symbiotic process where you, you give something to your instrument and the instrument gives something back to you and you kind of have a conversation. So your YouTube videos, they have like millions of views from people like all over the world, but your covers have also been noticed like internationally by some pretty influential people. So I wanted to ask you like, how did you start the Indian Jam project and what went into making it what it is today? My, my mother actually, like she, she used to listen to a lot of tracks when I was a kid. I think subconsciously every day I was getting fed a lot of uh, music which I didn't understand but which I definitely enjoyed. And uh, then as I grew up, you know, I mean, I grew up playing a lot of Western classical pieces and, uh, you know, like uh, Western, like pop songs and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think uh, the mix had already happened in my head. But uh, I think after I finished my education in New York and uh, then when I came back, um, I immediately thought that, you know, I want to represent Indian classical instruments because I know for a fact that, you know, they go very deep and, you know, they really evoke a lot of emotions. But how can I do that? Uh, and how can I do that in a way where it becomes very uh, appealing to the people who are my age? So uh, I thought that you know maybe we can take background scores instead of the really famous pop songs, and that's why we started with the uh, Game of Thrones and Sherlock and Harry Potter and stuff like that, Star Wars. When it comes to working with both the uh, Western. Um, style of music making and Indian classical music. See, Indian classical music is very centric in nature, you know, so you more or less you're revolving around one route and, uh, you know, it's all about diving deep. So, you know, Indian classical music is more like meditating in a cave. 
and you have locked yourself in the cave by choice whereas uh, western classical music for me how i see it is i i see it in you know like colors and you know like a lot of horizontal waves going everywhere and flying everywhere i think when both of them come together you give this taming quality to these waves which are flying off everywhere by making them centric in nature which is what you know which is why the confluence is something uh, which becomes surreal and you know like uh, you get to experience it while you're in the recording studio or you know when you're working with any classical instruments and so you went to new york um can you walk us through your time in the united states like what you did here um and all of that stuff in kind of story form yeah so um i went to new york and i went to new york when i was 17 so uh yeah and obviously i mean i i was still a kid and, you know i was still trying to figure life and then i was just thrown into you know like one of the, the biggest most booming cities of the world so i had to naturally and i mean i think 17 is still you know like a very impressionable uh, formative year of your life so i still had to i was still gathering a lot of things you know whatever was happening around me so i joined this college called dubspot i think it's on 14th and 10th and uh, i had a really good time there because of the community that was there in the college so the college was you know sort of this underground college where they they teach you uh, music production and uh, the the community of people and teachers around they were really good and you know this was the first time where i was introduced to a setup where i'm not facing any sort of uh, condescension as such i mean i'll tell you i'll tell you why i'm saying that because uh, i i mean my parents both of them they worked in the government so we have lived in you know towns and cities in north india all my life and then uh, bombay is like the new york of uh, india so Well, naturally, you know, like once I moved to Bombay, I had technically I came from like a small town or a small city. Then yeah, Bombay was a little intimidating because uh, for the first time I found out that you know English uh, uh, as it is not a language but uh, also a measure of superiority. So and my first language is in English. My first language is Hindi, and that's how we talk in our homes as well. So I was uh, kind of struggling with that entire equation, and you know. I was getting, you know, like condescending from here and there, uh, but I think New York specifically. I, I think uh, the way uh, it's grown as a city, it's it's very. I mean, it's very conducive if you want to learn as an individual and if you're keen. And you know, it's seen. It it's already seen like you know, like a hub of a lot of cultures coming together. And you know, that's the vibe of New York. So in Bombay, while I was dealing with uh, this uh, condescension and everything, I I was suddenly thrown into the Big Apple. and there uh, it was like a completely different setup and uh, i met people who were you know like super welcoming and uh, they completely understood that you know english is not my first language and they wouldn't judge me on it and so i think that really switched a lot of things within my head and uh, i became uh, i became a different person when i came out of the city like when i left new york and uh, i was uh, much more confident much more open to interactions so going off of that would you ever come back to united states um why or why not Um I would definitely come back to United States for you know for the community of musicians uh there I mean I think the hardcore professionals were extremely talented uh, very hard working they you know literally some of them have literally defined the standards of uh, you know music industry uh, and the entertainment industry in the world but there are also reasons why I might right now like, at least for 2020 like I, I would think twice because of you know some of uh, the policies that are 
going down against international students i just read about one and i mean it's it's just it's it's very shocking that you know i i think that if you're not allowed to uh, if all your courses are shifting online then they they were asking international students to leave and that's just bizarre for me i mean you know i i don't think uh, any country should stay uh, should treat their international students like that i mean it, that's a little too weird for me and also you know just just the general vibe of things right now with you know uh, I'm, i'm referring to the guy who's heading it all uh, i wouldn't want to be around states right now i don't feel very like i don't feel it's a conducive environment for me uh, as someone uh, as uh, an outsider who wants to learn um so yeah not right now but uh, before trump and uh, after trump definitely but while he's there i i would kind of uh, stay away because i'm scared <laughs> i wanted to ask you if you ever feel like you're sometimes conflated with your nationality or your culture from a western lens um and if so like how do you feel about that yeah i think india is you know often viewed as a land of as the land of snake charmers and you know, like and i think slum dog millionaire like it was a great film but it just made it worse uh because there's so much happening in india and uh, yeah i think a part of what i do is also trying to change uh that uh, image i remember i remember we were doing a concert with these uh people i can't take their names but uh, we we were collaborating with them for a concert uh, in delhi and uh, we were obviously there with our sitars and tablas and everything and uh, this one guy uh, he was kind of the band band master like the band arranger of uh, of of the band from states and he kept saying that you know like why can't we have like a, like a like a trill of sitar here you know like it'll make it sound more exotic and uh, exotic exotic is the word damn man <laughs> yeah it's it's something that gets thrown around a lot or uh, you know uh, why can't we have the the tabla there because you know it just bring it just adds that diversity angles and then you know at the end of our entire session i ended up telling him that it's music uh, this is this is not <laughs> i mean we you, you don't need to be so uh, weirdly empathetic about things and i understand because see the second you're saying that you know bringing a sitar and a tabla in uh, makes it very exotic that immediately makes me feel that my instruments are alienable and my culture is alienable and uh, so i think we should start with the process right now where we kind of you know you know there are lenses like we were also talking about it like how you would see this culture from this lens so i, I think it's time to like take that box of lenses and you know throw it out of the window and just uh, be with each other as human beings and as individuals work in that capacity have conversations in that capacity uh, ideate things like that talk to each other like that be empathetic love people around you the same way and uh, by 2020 everyone you know this is like a famous meme quote whatever by 2020 we'll have flying cars and now we have uh, i don't know a pandemic but uh, it is a bad time but you know it's also a very good time to self reflect where we can think that you know we really need to come together for each other so hating uh, and you know dividing people on the lines of cultures or countries or 
races um, it's not really going to help anymore and i'm just waiting for the next generation to find these things stupid because uh, i mean that's i mean that really helps you know uh, put the entire movement i mean the entire movement happens in a snap where you know someone just realizes that you know i know caste and you know culture uh, no cultures essentially the caste and racism all of it exists but it's so stupid so, you know why are we doing it and then suddenly they're not doing it think in that direction it would really help us as people as human beings yeah but like you said i think it's happening like even here in the united states like i see it happening in certain circles and certain groups and you know as people are questioning more and more about like minority groups and minority rights like i think it's shifting a little bit what was okay 10 years ago to say you know is probably not okay to say anymore so exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> so i don't think now you can openly you know go and call some indian guy oh my god you're so exotic <laughs> i mean that would just, i mean i think that would have a lot of backlash which is for good you know i mean like rightfully so so i'm happy that uh, we we reached that state so a lot of the work that you do it involves like the social equity component too so can you speak a little bit about the social work that you've done and why you do it yeah i think uh, see i think giving back to a society is something that you'll only understand once you've done it because it is only then you'll know how good it feels there is also a selfish motive to it because it really feels very very good when you give back to the society so i think uh, the first time i did it i raised like around 4 to 5 lakhs for uh, these underprivileged kids uh, of this slum in bombay called asalfa and uh, i started a scholarship out of that money where we picked like the top 7 8 students who are doing really good in the schools in that society and we wave off their uh, uh, school fee for the year yeah it is only when i met those kids and i met their parents when i sat with them ate with them i spoke to them i told them that you know we're going to do this for you some of them like ended up crying which we like all of us were really overwhelmed so when you go through all these things and when you you know when i came out of that house and i just felt that you know man like today i have done something which i would be really proud of and i've never felt like that with my music with music i can find a hundred reasons to hate myself with social work i can't find a single one because when i when i've given back to the society and when i've worked in that direction i really feel that oh man i mean you know like this is this is something that i would look back look back at and you know i feel proud नहीं नहीं सर नहीं सर क्यों मैं मैं बुढ़ा हूँ क्या सर किसको बोला थैंक यू दैट वाज तुषार लाल ऑन मॉडल माइनॉरिटी यूनिकली अमेरिकन यू कैन फाइंड ऑल हिज वर्क ऑन यूट्यूब अंडर द नेम इंडियन जैम प्रोजेक्ट एंड यू कैन फॉलो हिम ऑन इंस्टा अंडर हिज नेम तुषार लाल फॉर ऑल हिज यूनिक रील्स एंड अदर वर्क All the music used in this episode is Tushar's original work including the cover you're listening to right now. So, if you liked what you hear, you're going to love the rest of his music and the beautiful videos that go along with them. Seriously, a huge thank you to the artist the Kalakar himself, Tushar, for agreeing to an interview halfway across the world in a totally different time zone. Be sure to follow Model Minority Uniquely American on Facebook and Insta and wherever you get your podcasts. And we're actually on Geo Savan in India now too. Woo! So if you're in India, please give us a follow there. 
And if you really like this interview and want to hear more, I'm releasing an unpublished longer version of this tape and others exclusively for my patrons. I know this was a highly produced episode, but my other tapes are more for behind the scenes and extended versions of conversations. So if you're interested, head over to Patreon, throw some pennies in the hat, and enjoy some longer interviews. <laughs> As always, thank you, shukriya, for listening. I'm Nidhi Shastri, and this is Model Minority Uniquely American.